You know, we're here this morning because uh, we want to engage God in some way, right? In some way. Maybe there's people here this, well, not maybe, there are. There are people here that put their trust in Jesus as their Savior. They know that in their heart. They've come to be with a body of believers and to worship God. There's some here, maybe be, they're maybe seeking God. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe you want to know who this God really is. Or maybe you're here because it's what you're supposed to do. I, you know, that's not a bad thing. But there's times that uh, we got to kind of answer some tough questions. And guess what? Today's a day for that. Um, actually, this is a sermon series of five sermons. You're hearing the last one today. Because I felt like if we had to build up to the last one, you might not come back. I'm not sure. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. Probably not true. But we're talking about what ifs today. What if? And I do want to um, mention something before I get started because it, for lack of a better way to say it, it fits right into today's sermon. And uh, maybe not everyone knows, but um, Bob Klein, one of our deacons, passed away on Monday. And he's like one of the biggest not one ifs I ever met. You'll know what I mean later in the sermon. I just talked to Bob last week. He's over in children's worship and he's, he, or two weeks ago, and he's, he's going to read the Bible story. How old was Bob? 92? How old? How? 90, thank you. And I said, Bob, how do you do it? I mean, not that someone that's 90 can't read a Bible story, but I'm telling you, He's like in there with, like in there. And he says, well, I'll tell you what, I do it to glorify God. He said, I, sometimes I don't feel like I do much, but I do what I do and I have no regrets. I do what I do. Ah, what a testimony. And now Bob has truly passed away from here to heaven and I can just only imagine, I mean, I, maybe he probably might have had some what, what ifs in his life. But I can tell you, the way he lived his life to the day he passed, you wouldn't have known it. You wouldn't have known it. We're going to talk about what ifs today. And um, the bottom line says, wake it in your spiritual gifts. But guess what? We're not going to talk about spiritual gifts today. Because first we have to prepare our hearts to even understand what they are and to receive what God tells us about them. Most don't know that God literally gives us supernatural spiritual gifts when we put our trust in Jesus as our Savior. Most don't know that. Matter of fact, it might seem a little odd. So we're going to talk today. and We're going to start this journey of what ifs. What are the what ifs in your I want a couple from you guys. If you were to finish this sentence, what if I would have, or what if, what would you say? Raise your hand and tell me, what would, how would you finish that sentence? What if? What if I would have not known Jesus? That's probably the only good what if I can think of right now. <laughs> All right, what if? Someone else, what if? What if I did not have a job? Give me one more. What if? One more. 
Oh, come on. You guys got to have some what ifs out there. Oh, I'm sorry. What if? What if I never met my third husband? Okay. What if? So you ready for your what ifs? You can put them on your mind, your heart. I am going to have to be a little uh, side whack. My, my computer's not hooked up this morning, but it's okay. <laughs> what if? <laughs> Last night, Trish and I, yesterday, we, we, we were a little behind on our taxes, which you should never be behind on our taxes, but we really were distracted for a good reason, so we didn't get our taxes in time. So we did file them properly so we could do it later. But tomorrow, yesterday, we're doing our taxes, and all day was, what if we would have got these done earlier? What if? What if this? And what if that? What if we had a computer? What if we had software? And all of a sudden, I look at Trish, and I said, yeah, very fitting for a sermon called What If? And we laughed, you know, because it's getting tense. She goes, well, what if you did? And I said, well, what if you did? Well, what if you would have got the paperwork? Well, what if you? And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> True story. <laughs> so I'm getting ready to come in this morning, and I'm telling you, everything was messing up. I, I have my, I, I make, I have juices in the morning, fresh juices. I just ground it up. It's probably, it's like probably like a $5 juice. And I'm going to pick up my computer, and I take my cup, I go like this to pick up the computer, and the juice goes all over the floor. And I go, what, what, what if? I come in this morning, internet's not working. Soundboard's not working. We don't have a, we don't have a microphone, a headset for me. <laughs> I'm going, what if? Go figure. What if? God just, God just saying, yeah, Tony, what if? All right, here we go. So the what ifs in life, what if I could do it over? What if I would have just tried harder? What if I could have said that a different way? What if I did not take that one last drink? What if I would have listened to my dad? There's tens of thousands of what ifs, are there not? And we all have them in our life. No one is exempt. So I want to start looking. I'm going to look at three different what ifs. What ifs from our past, what ifs in our presence, and what ifs in our future. Number one, past. Even when we try to resolve the what ifs in life, they can really never be answered because the what-ifs are from the past. You can't redo, and that's another sermon. It could be sermon, redo, right? You can't. So you'll never answer your what-ifs. Never. It'll never happen. It's a never-ending cycle. Unanswered what-ifs, though, we have to know this morning, hold us captive. If we constantly think about the past and go, what if I would have, what if, what if, what if, if, you know what it does? It It holds us captive. I'm telling you, it, it, it stops us from doing what should be. And then look at the present. What ifs always have a consequence in the present. It's still a never-ending cycle. What if I lose my job? What if my boss doesn't like me? What if I can't do the job right? What if my car breaks down? The secure job I did once have now becomes to an end. Why? Because we what ifted it out of there. I don't know if that's a word. Did <laughs> it, but... You know what I'm saying? We, 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 in our present life, if we're not careful, if we what if everything, before you know it, whatever we're what ifing comes true. Why? Because we're what ifing the thing. That, does that make sense? I didn't know. Yeah. And then for our future, the what ifs for our future seem to be okay, but they are not. They are still questions that can't be answered. What if I go to college? What if I don't go to college? What if he doesn't like me or what if she doesn't like me? What if I can't do it? Do you get the point? 
So, so if we what if into our future, we, it messes us up. So what if questions never get an answer? Okay, now you ready? You got to put on your thinking cap for this. Here we go. You ready? Here we go. Watch. What if you were paid what you really were worth? Would you then only be worth what you were paid? Huh? Would you then only be worth what you were paid? Who here would like to be paid more? Or what? Let me put it this way. Who here would like to be paid what you're really worth? Come on, be honest. But if you were paid that amount, would it really be enough? Or would that amount just change? And you get you get it, right? Okay. What if the way others loved you simply the reflection of how much you loved them? What if? What if a nobody became a somebody? Would everybody who is a somebody be a nobody now? They mess you up. What if questions? They mess us up. What if God was real? Oh, I thought I'd get a couple of them. Pastor Tony, what are you doing? Are you trying to make us question if God is real? I'm, I'm putting it on the table. What if... God was real. What if? We may say we believe God is real, but do we live like it? And that's not to give us a spirit of condemnation. Hear it out. You know what I'm saying? This morning is not about beating us up. It's about having us reflect. And so that doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that, you know, we don't have room to grow. All it is is asking a question. What if God is real? And if he is real, does our life reflect that? Created in God's image, he put within us his attributes. Who here was created in God's image? Raise your hand. I'm just checking to see if all hands are working. He put within us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. He created us with those attributes, and then all of a sudden, sin came along and took them away. But did it take them away permanently? Or did it take, no, of course not. Because you know, if you're in this room, you put your trust in Jesus as your Savior, then the Spirit of God put those attributes by His Spirit in you. Then He contained His attributes within us so that we can fully express them. You guys, I, I, you, some of this might seem like foundational, but I'm telling you, we gotta, we gotta get this, and it's gonna go very deep in a few minutes. So kind of like hang, hang on to your seats. Who here loves to fly? And then you hit an air pocket and you dive a thousand feet. <laughs> and you go, oh, Jesus, I'll never sin again. Right? Okay, so hang on. Listen. He gave us bodies. He might have created us in his image, but he contained us so that we can express. When you see love, you can see that expression. When you see hate, you can see that expression. Right? But we express. We're contained in this body and we can express God's attributes. If we don't trust God, his word, and his spirit in our life, we just made God a big what if. Fair or not. Now, again, I'm not saying, I'm going to say it one last time and move on. I'm not saying we're perfect. 
I'm not saying we've arrived. The whole point about today's sermon is to get away from the what-ifs in our life, the things that hold us back in doing the things that God wants us to do. That's it. That's the only, That's the reason. Here we go. Long to be a hero. My soul raised high, running to the battle. I was gonna take giants down, be a man you would write about. Deep in my chest is the heart of a warrior. So why am I still standing here? Why am I still holding back? still standing here so afraid would it my cost to follow you I'd walk by faith if I could get these feet to move but I don't want to live that way I don't want to look back someday on a life that never stepped across the line so why am I still standing here I'm so tired of standing here What if I gave everything to you What if I gave Say goodbye to standing here. I said, give God the glory. We all desire our life to count for something. We're created in God's image. Come on. We all desire that. We all want to make a difference. We all desire to be someone's hero. But what if, what if 
my life does not count for something? What if I won't make a difference? What if I won't be someone's hero? What if? Get that out of your head and get that out of your heart. And it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't, I'm serious. It doesn't matter if you're eight years old or 108 years old. It's never too late. Ever. God's created us to be these things in him. It's never too late. We got to get unstuck. <laughs> we got, we got to, I like that song. I, I'm, I just do. It's kind of like, come on. <laughs> Right? We got to get unstuck. The journey begins with God. God's will is that we be saved. John 6, 40 says, and this is the will of God, that he who looks upon the Son of God and believes in him shall be saved. We don't have to wonder if we're in his will if we're saved. We are. God's purpose is put into our hearts by his spirit, which is to glorify him. We don't put that there. He does. Some of you might be thinking, Pastor Tony, you've preached about God's will before. Will you hang on to your seat? Because we're going somewhere different today. God put that there. We did not. We cannot. We think, okay, I'm in God's will because I'm saved. God's purpose is to glorify him. And then probably most of us would leave and not do it. (laughs) Why? Because we're trying to do it. We can't. God's word is the only way we can carry out God's purpose. Period. The only way. We're going to break this down. God has only one plan A. God's word commands us to put into action what he has put within us. The very spirit of God. Matthew 28, 19, 20 says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you, how much? Always to the very end of the age. Who has ever, ever heard this scripture? Raise your hand. Awesome. Let's dig. He says, we're to go. Stop standing. (laughs) Go. Well, I do, Pastor Tony. Then that's awesome. But what are we to go and do? Make disciples. How do we do that? We share our story about salvation. How did God save us? The death, burial, and resurrection. God sent his one and only son to this earth. Paid the penalty for our sin. He was buried. He was crucified, buried, and rose again. And I put my trust in that. By faith, he gave me. Now, now watch. We're to go and share that story. Then it says to baptize them. Why? Why baptize? Because it's an act of obedience. He says to be baptized. It's like, okay, who here has ever had a child that you said, go to your room and clean it? How many went? How many times have you ever been told to go to your room and clean it? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But if you would have acted out of obedience, your parents told you, you would have went. God says to go make disciples, tell them the gospel, tell them about Jesus, 
than to baptize them because it's an act of obedience. And guess what? It's also the perfect picture of what Christ did for us. You know that. Most of us know that. And then it says this. This is the part I want to make sure today we caught. In the name of. It ain't about us. When we go, it's, you know what? This body is going, but it's the Christ in me, the spirit of Christ that speaks. I hope and shares. You don't have to wonder if someone's going to turn you down. It ain't about you. It ain't, it's not about me. It's okay. We're going on his authority. He says to go in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded who? You, me. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. It's him in us. The what ifs, bye. It's him in us. There is no what ifs for God. Are you kidding me? Well, wait. Uh, later, we're going to look at a couple. We are. Stay tuned. Well, the Bible says we need to examine ourselves. Second Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine yourself to what? To, say it, see. So examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you failed the test? We must be honest with ourselves as to where we really are in our walk with Christ. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? What's he saying? It's not about, it's not, it's not about me. I mean, God is, God not only created me, he's, he, he's now, because I'm, I'm a born again believer, in me. <laughs> How awesome is that? What do you see? The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Found in Matthew 6.22. The lamp of the body is the eye. Whatever we see filters through our brain and then gets burned into our heart and affects our life. Why am I talking about this? Because I want to share with us some scriptures this morning that, that hinder us from doing God's will. I want to share some scriptures that, that will take away all the what ifs in our life. For real. Some scriptures that, that God gives us, three main scriptures that God gives us to help us to understand how do we get unstuck? How do we move, move forward in Him? How do we rely on His power in us? And, and, and just don't stand there all the time. But to give them everything. I, I mean, is that possible? Well, first of all, he says, we got to be careful what we see. Because what we see filters through our mind. And just like a movie camera would write a DVD, the things we see write to our heart. That's what he's saying. What? I mean, look. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, if your eye is bad, if you see things that are not of God, your whole body. How much of your body? Your whole body is full of darkness. We think we can see what we want to see, and it's okay. Not words of condemnation. Get that what if out. 
a word of encouragement to understand. We think what we see sometimes, but even though it's not a God, that it's okay. It is not okay. It is not okay. It comes into God because that's how God created us. He created us so wonderful with eyes that can see. And, and it burns to our heart. Come on, you know what I mean. When you, when you, when some of you watch your child do something really special, first time they rode their bike, or um, when you got married, or or uh, you, you, we all have scenarios in life where our eyes just encapsulated something, brought it in, and it just wrote to our heart. You know what I mean? You know that your eyes bring in things, and what they do, they mean something to you. They literally write heart, good or bad. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. What we see burns to our heart. The Bible also says what's in our heart sets the course of our life, comes out of our mouth. There's no way around it. Not that we want a way around it. John 8, 4, or 8, 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So who's the light? You go back, when you go back, whoops, sorry. When you go back to Matthew six twenty two, and he talks about the lamp of the body is the eye, and he says, if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, so if your eye is good and your whole body will be full of light, Answer the question, who is light? Jesus. The things of God. What are we hearing? Matthew four twenty four through 25 says, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear with the same measure you use. It will be measured to you, and to you who hear more will be given. For whoever has, to more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Who thinks they understand that those verses? I wouldn't be surprised to not have many many hands go up. You know why? Because why? Seems it seems like what? Let's break it down just a little. Watch. So we're looking at our ears out of Mark four twenty four, and we're looking at the closer you listen, the more you understand. The more understanding you'll be given. That's number one. When we hear things, it's like a weight. Eyes, when we see things, listen, (laughs) listen. Eyes, when we see things, go through our mind, into our heart, and usually create a physical reaction. We respond to what we see. Driving down the road, someone swerves at us, and we respond. Someone hits the brakes, what do we do? Our eyes see, goes to our brain, heart says, stop! Got it? So what our eyes see, we normally respond to, physically. But what our ears hear is like a weight, he says. It's a measurement. So we respond emotionally. That's why if someone's screaming at you and they're cursing you out as an example, don't like it, but you can close your eyes, but if you're still hearing it, emotionally, you, you go, stop. Am I, is right? So what the Bible's telling us is whatever we allow into our ears becomes a weight unto our soul and we emotionally respond. There's no way around it, guys. We're, we're, we're hearing stuff that are not, that does not glorify God. He's created us to receive it, but in our sin nature, it's a bummer because 
the negative things you hear just keeps building up, building up, building up, building up, building up, and oppresses you. And then for most of us, we get so oppressed, even whether we want to admit it or not, we start to look for things that will stop us from being oppressed. And guess what? We look at the wrong thing sometimes. We need to look at what we're saying. In James 3, 6, it says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among the members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Right? What are we reading? Sometimes I don't, I, sometimes, I'm, I'll be transparent. Sometimes I don't like PowerPoint. Because, because we don't have, the, we don't have the word of God open. I think sometimes we think we're, we're looking at a PowerPoint. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes I don't know if we lose track that this is the word of God that I'm putting up on the screen. This is God talking. You, you get it? And, and he says, the tongue. Who's there ever said something that you wish you would have just slapped your mouth shut? Right? The what if? What if I never would have said that? Can you take it back? No, I'm sorry. Because the person that heard it, it just now waited up to their soul. It measured to their soul. You can't take it back. Now, you can say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Goes a long ways. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But the word still went out. Our mouth, the tongue, corrupts the whole person, sets the course of our life. What is in our hearts will come out of our mouth and will determine our future. What we see, what we hear, will become into our heart, into our soul, becomes what we say. And we set the course of our own life. Matthew 6, 14 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So our heart, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re-speak that a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of like paraphrase it though. For if you forgive, God also forgives you. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, now we got to understand here, this isn't talking about salvation. If you come to a place in your life where you put your trust in Christ for your salvation, you will never lose that, ever. But this is talking about the condition of the heart, the things that we have seen, the things that we have heard, the things we have said that have set the course of our life has now made this, this uh, I'll say, uh, made us into this character, into this life this person in this life with a heart condition puts us at a place where my heart gets hardened. You know what I mean? It's not every area, but some. Your heart hardens. Or you don't really want to listen to what others have to say. The next thing you know, you just draw blanks. And you don't have a heart then that can hear from God. These, these things in our heart that we've seen and we've heard now stop God from speaking into our life. Now, I'm not God. God can do anything. I'm not saying God can't. But I'm telling you, it's the way he set this up. It's the way he set us up. 
to hear from him, to have a relationship from him, to see things of him, to hear things from him, and to speak things to his glory. And when we're not doing that, we can't filter what God's trying to speak to us. We can't. Because, because we've set these things in our heart. Oh, man. You know, Scripture really clarifies one thing. God only wants one thing from you, and it's only one thing you can really give him, and it's your heart. Some people wonder why we come to church. It's because church is a time where we let God sculpt our heart. Church is a time where we let God put his word in our heart. And church is a place where we can express our gratitude corporately for who he is and what he's done. But what God wants us to understand, he is representing us very well. Our representation isn't in Washington. It's not the state house. It's at his right hand, his son that has died and rose again. Our high priest that has nail scars in his hands ever lives to make representation before you through, oh Lord Jesus, help us. That's what God's trying to say. We're spending our energy, our time, and and we're fighting battles that already been won. Come on. Thanks be unto God that always causes us the triumph. Listen, in Christ Jesus, when He is the center, it's not just a song we sing. It is a life that Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. How many want a full life, an anointed life, a life with zest and power? Then stand in awe in who He is. We're weighed in the balance and we're found wanting. We still want, even though we have everything. See, the person who Jesus died for, Christ is the Savior of the whole world. Because of our sins, listen, the Creator became our Savior. That's what blows me away. It's not a cross. It is the cross and the person that was on that cross that amazes me. Because a lot of people died on the cross, but only one died and rose again. And only one was the creator of heaven and earth that hung and bled on that cross for me. To stand in all of God. It will idol-proof your heart. I need to understand that he's the potter and I'm the clay and he ain't finished yet, but he has begun a good work in me, is going to complete it. In fact, Paul said in Romans 8, you've been predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. If there's an area of your life that's not reflecting the risen king, the divine sculptor is working on that area in your life. Look up, your redemption is drawing nigh. God will never leave nor forsake you until he has completed what he started in your life. We need to stand in all of it. He is my everything. The very breath in my lungs deserve to give him glory and honor. And where my assignment is, I'll stay and I'll cling there and give him the glory and praise if I feel like it or not. Naked you came in this world and naked you're going to return. But when you and I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, there's going to be fire in his eyes and there's going to be some wood. There's going to be some hay and there's going to be stubble. But the only thing is going to survive and last is that which was for his glory. 
It's all about Him. He's more than what we need, and He's already provided in this good news called the gospel. His death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and soon return. I want to stand in your awe. I want to live for your glory. Work on this heart. Here it is, Lord. Here is my heart. Cleanse it. Speak to it. Break it. Make it whole. Make it humble. Make it unique. Make it exclusively yours. Set it apart. And Lord, reveal. Open my understanding to the beauty of who you are. Your mercy, your kindness, your power, your love for me. Oh, Lord, here it is. It's all about our heart. For God so loved the world. How does the Bible describe describe God? For God is love. Now listen, we're going to kind of transition here and, and bring her bring it down. But it's going to go even deeper. We talked about the things that we see right into our heart. We talk about the things that we hear measure to our soul. We talk about the things that we say are a result of the things that we see and hear. We talk about our hearts. So, Pastor Tony, a little help here. What do we do? Because you know what the what-ifs are trying to tell some of us? I don't know how many, but I, probably quite a few. I don't know. I don't know your heart. But at this point, I can only imagine that right now we're saying, Pastor Tony, I, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfected. You know, what are you saying? Man, I just watched that little video. I'm not perfect. I can't do this. I, you can't do this. The Christ in you will empower you to do this. One step, one day at a time. That's all God wants. He doesn't want perfection from you today, for lack of a better way to say it. I need to be careful for the theologians in here. He's just saying, look, just give me your, your eyes today. Give me your ears today. Speak to my glory. It's, all, it's always saying, listen, don't, don't, don't let this, this sermon, I'm just trusting the word of God and the spirit because, because my flesh would, would be saying, ah, I can't do this. Let's, let's look at one more scripture on how this can play out in our life. The Bible says, examine ourselves, what you're sowing into your life. It says this in Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also will reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. This is the Word of God. This is God telling us like it is. What we sow into our life, we will reap. We are not capable of overriding what God has created us to be. Now, now, at first glance, you might say, what are you talking about? Well, what I'm saying is, I don't care how hard you tried. God created you in his image. 
And no matter how hard we try to mess that up, now you might think, well, why would we try to mess that up? I don't know. Think about yesterday. How many times have you tried to mess that up? Come on. So here we have a thought that says we can override what God's created us to be, and it's impossible. God's created us to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He's created us to look at his glory, his creation, and to hear the sounds of, of his creation and his love and his word. And to put that within our heart and then to speak it. And if we speak it, that goes before us. That's what he, that's, that. see, we, we, we can't change his original design for us. You, you got that? But our sin nature sure tries to do a good job in that, doesn't it? The Bible says, sowing to our flesh. What we see here and say sows into our flesh is filtered through our sin nature and makes us fade away from God and what he's created us to be. But the Bible also tells us if we sow to the Spirit, what we see, hear, and say, and sow into our life, this is a filter through our redeemed spirit. It makes us more who God has created us to be. We reap what we sow into our life, for whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Who said that? Who said that? God, we, we can what if it all we want. That's what he says. What we see, hear, and say will, will be what determines our future. What we see here directly develops our soul, our character. It builds our faith. We can, either, we can either build a character that's not of God or build our faith that's in God, in Christ. It builds our relationships, our character, or our faith. Directly affects our heart, what we say. And it directly determines our walk with God. It's hindered if our heart's not right. So, scene, we're wrapping it up. What if I am careful? This is the what ifs. Oh, the what ifs. We need to change the what ifs to if I or if you. Does, does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. We need to change the what ifs in life to if I. Here's some examples. What if I am careful about the things I'm seeing, then my heart might be guarded. Now, that actually sounds like a pretty good statement, I would think, right? What if I'm careful about the things I'm seeing? Pastor Tony, you know what? What if I'm careful about the things I'm seeing, then my heart might be guarded? Oh, we need to change that to, to this. If I be careful of the things I see, then my heart will be guarded. Do you see the difference? Come on. Hearing. What if I'm careful about the things I'm hearing, then I might not feel so weighted down. I know this really close couple. Trish and I, very close to them. And he says, for three months, man, we've been at each other arguing and just every day and just, oh my gosh. Anyone ever do that? Probably not. And he's just telling me this for over the weeks and I'm just praying for him and, you know, because, you know, Trish and I have been married over 40 years. We've had times, seasons, right? And man, so we went over there one night to play Yahtzee. Yahtzee, that's the best game to play because you don't have to think. 
Yahtzee. That's the only, you know, Yahtzee. But we're over there and he pulls me aside and said, things are awesome. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, no, I'm serious. He goes, you know, I've been telling you that we've been struggling and arguing and just every, every day is tense for months. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I I just went up to my wife and I said, you know what? Enough's enough. We got to do something. Why are we like this? Why are we at each other? And she said, I don't know. So he said, we thought about it. And then it came to us. It came to watch. He said, you know what we do all day, all night, or all night, not all day, all day, uh, night for about three to four hours a night. We watch the news. Now it might be Fox news, but whatever he said, he said, and we, we both realized that it was after watching the news about all the stuff and he- seeing and hearing. And he goes, and get, you know what it did? It went into their heart. And the next thing you know, what they saw and what they heard, they just, man. Because all news is good news, right? And he said, we have now not been watching news. I think at that time was two weeks. He said, our lives have changed. They went three months. I don't actually, I have to call them. I, they might still not be watching TV. He said it, it radically changed their life. Think about this. It's, it's a current example. If, or let me go back to this. If I am careful about the things I'm hearing that I might not feel so weighted down needs to change to, if I be careful and not let my ears hear things, things, typo, that would not be pleasing to God, then I will not be weighted down. There's a huge difference. One more. In the, in the way we speak. What if I am careful about the things I say, then I might not get myself into trouble. <laughs> you ever do that? Like, I'm going to be careful what I say, and then it just spits in your mouth, right? And you go, oh, I said it anyway. You know why? Because it's what you're thinking about. It's what's in your heart. Don't be fooled. It came out because it's in your heart. We need to change that to this. If I am careful what I say, I will set a godly course for my life. Last one. What if I know that what I sow into my life, I will reap? Then maybe I can try to sow better things into my life. No, we need to change that to this. If I sow godliness into my life, I will reap back God's righteousness into my life. Do you understand the difference? We get it. We got it. We're not capable of overriding what God's created us to be, you guys. We think we can see, hear, say, and sow anything into our life and it not affect us. We think we can somehow rationalize it and determine what is good and bad. We cannot. We're not capable of doing that. What we see, hear, say, and sow into our life is filtered through our sin nature and it can corrupt and can corrupt who God has created us to be. Pastor Larry, Larry, if you'd come forward for me. I asked Pastor Larry just to play a, a song of invitation. I, I don't know how you guys look at things. But you know why we come to church? I, how I started. Because we're a body. Probably the majority of people in here are believers. They put their trust in Jesus as their Savior. Probably most. I don't know if anyone's told you this or not, but this is a church. (laughs) 
and for our purposes, this is an altar. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I mean, it is carpet and some steps. The worship team leads worship from up here. God is everywhere. Why would a pastor call for an invitation for people to respond? Can you not respond in your heart, in your chair? Absolutely. But there's got to be a time where we look at this, it's just a building, but it's a building where God's people meet. This is holy ground when we're here. And I'm going to give an invitation this morning. If, if, if you would like prayer for me or simply come to this altar and kneel or set, just set. Don't just stand. Let the Spirit of God speak to you. The things you see and you hear are in your heart. And maybe this morning you need prayer. Just say, pray with me in agreement. I want to follow God's word. Or maybe you need to come forward and just be at the altar and say, God, you have all of my what ifs. I don't want them anymore. I don't know. But I do know that if we just sit here and go out those doors, hearing God's word, if he spoke to our heart, it'll slowly just fade away. May it not be. Come to the altar. Pray. Here I am, God. This is our invitation. I'll be here if anyone would like prayer. Don't be concerned. We're we're just going to go another hour. That's all. I want to encourage the dads in this room to take the word of God at heart and watch over what your family sees and hears what they say and the moms in this room watch over them and watch yourself you know allow God to to really convict you to speak to you the spirit of Christ that's in you to help you to bounce your eyes when they see something they shouldn't, to shut your ears when you hear something you shouldn't. Get away from it. Watch your life just change radically for his name.
It will. He says it will. It's not because I say it. It will. He promises us that. Is that an amen? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Larry.